0: David Locke's weekly interview is brought to you by the Murdoch Auto Team. And David Locke joins us now. David, good morning.
1: Good morning, DJ. Happy Thanksgiving to you and your family. Hope you're doing all right.
0: Happy Thanksgiving to you and all the Locks too.
1: P.K., what is up?
2: <laughs> Me, and I'm ready to go after listening to Donovan Mitchell. I'm fired up for the start of this season.
1: Well... The untalked-about Utah Jazz, Zach Lowe wrote like 12,000 words on the Western Conference, and all it said was Utah is rock solid. The only word you mentioned, the ringer put out like 50,000 words on best signings, worst signings, unsung signings, not a single mention of the Utah Jazz. So the untalked-about, Utah Jazz, how much better are they?
0: Please answer your own question, David. How much better are they? How
1: are they? I want to know what you think. How much better are
0: they? They're better defensively. Uh, favors will help with that. The question is the offensive limitations that we see when he's on the floor with Rudy Gobert. Well, two things. One, the offensive limitations we see are are still going to be there. Will they be mitigated by the fact that uh, – uh, Donovan's a better player than he was last time. Um, they've upgraded uh, from Ricky Rubio to Mike Conley, so offensively that's a big upgrade there. They've added Bogdanovich instead of uh, Jake Crowder minutes. So maybe those three will have a bigger impact um, when Favors is on the floor. And then Favors recently with comments, he doesn't expect to play 30 to 35 minutes a night. He thinks he's going to be down around 24, 25, which given the fact he's backing up Gobert, that's only – probably about 12 minutes a game with he and Gobert on the on the floor together. So there's less of that. So I think there's, there's some help there. I think the biggest help is going to be that Clarkson should be on the team when Conley and Bogdanovich are healthy at the same time. We really didn't see much of those three together. So that's another chance for them to improve.
1: Interesting. I hadn't thought about that last one. There's a lot of firepower in that opening eight guys. And so there's going to be a lot of mixing and matching of lineups, and you should be able to really put out 48 minutes of solid lineups the the whole time.
2: I'm wondering how much – DJ just said 12 minutes of Gobert and Favors together. I hadn't considered that they would be out on the floor for an entire quarter's worth of time. Is that the way you see it?
1: Well – I don't think you're taking Rudy under 34. So Rudy averaged 34 last year, which means, you know, some nights it's 36 and some nights when the blowout it's 30. So, you know, if someone averaged 34, he's probably built to play 35 or 36 on a, you know on most nights. Um, I don't see us taking that number down much unless Rudy's got a fatigue issue, but he doesn't. He's an elite-level athlete. He's the best defensive player in the world. I can't, I can't imagine any scenario where it's advantageous to bring him down minutes. So that leaves Derek with, you know, 12 to 14 minutes as the backup center, and I heard the same thing in Derek's press conference, I don't care if I start or come off the bench, and I only expect to play 20 to 24 minutes, so if that's what Derek expe- said and what he's expecting, then the, the math leads to about 10 to 12 minutes of the two of them together, That. That was positive in the past. It was just positive because it was so elite defensively. It was incredible defensively and offensively it struggled. I don't know where, I don't know how they do that. Does Derek have to start if that's the case? Do you try to have those minutes together be in bench units now instead of, again, second team in some way? When everyone else is getting smaller, you actually get bigger. Um, but I don't think, you know, I don't think that 12, 14 minutes for $9 million is, Maybe that's, maybe that's what Derek's going to do, but I, I would suspect, you know, he played 24 last year and averaged 10 and 9. He's, he was still pretty good, so he's good, right? Like, that's that's the issue with Derek. Derek's really good. He's pretty good to only play 14 minutes a night, so you, there's going to be an, an urgency to play him more than that, and I certainly wouldn't want to be dropping Rudy's minutes in
0: So as much as we can sit here and say, hey, it's about the whole team, and it is because when the star gets double teamed, you know the other guys have to be able to make plays, but there's a lot of NBA playoff series where you can look and say, who has the best player? That team's winning the series. It doesn't always hold, but it holds a lot. And, of course, LeBron James has been the best player in the league for about a decade, and the way the Warriors took him down was their three best players. They were so much better at the second and third spots, that if there wasn't a lot of difference at the top spot, they were so much better at the second and third spot. They could beat Cleveland in a playoff series uh, when LeBron was in Cleveland. So I guess the question for the Jazz and every other team in the West is, your, how close is your star player to LeBron James? When LeBron gets hurt and goes off the court, the Lakers are out of the playoffs. How good is LeBron, and how close is your star player to LeBron? And that will tell us a lot about playoff series. Yes, yeah. no, maybe. What do you think?
1: Probably how close to your two best or even to your three best are to LeBron, Anthony Davis, and whomever you determine is their third best player. Like, it just doesn't matter. Um, they're so good, right? LeBron and Anthony Davis are so good. They're so long again, though they're smaller or shooter on the floor than they were. But um, no, they're really good. Like, and depending, I don't know when we'll see how good they are because they're going to probably be managing some minutes in that group. So it's probably going to be hard to tell how good they, how good they truly are. Uh, but they, that team feels like it's really good. And I think the Clippers are really good again. You know, it's obviously they didn't react well to bubble and maybe a lot of those issues will show up, but the Serge Ibaka signing to me, moved them from having a catastrophic off season, to having a great off season in one move. I, I like them better with Serge Ibaka than Montrezl Harrell. Um, I think I like Luke Kennard. I think lessening Lou Williams' role is good for the Clippers. Luke Kennard's got bad knees, so we got to figure out whether he can stay healthy. But I like what the Clippers did, so I think they're they're really good too. And um, obviously, no one's sure on the Rockets. You know, the Rockets' one star is as good as as a lot of other people's star, and Denver's one star is is pretty fabulous. So um, those teams obviously have maybe why you know I open it up with how little the Jazz are being talked about. I think the issue for the Jazz is. You know, what is Donovan's next step? He's always been a great scorer. and He's always been electric. He's not always been efficient. He got much more efficient in the bubble. And, you know, talking to him today, he said off the bounce dribble three was the game changer for him. And we've kind of, I think that's true. The other one, though, I do think is true is as much as everybody wants him to be the point guard, is how do you get him two or three more catch and shoot threes a game? He's an elite level catch and shoot guy, one of the five or six best in the league statistically, if I remember correctly. And how how do we get more catch and shoot for Donovan than we have in the past? Uh, he's he's that great a shooter, and it's it's contrary to what everyone else is talking about. But I think that's that's a key thing for his efficiency.
2: My eyes tell me when Favors would roll to the basket, the best facilitator for him individually was Joe Ingles. Do you think that we see those two out on the floor together a lot because of what I just said?
1: So, um, yes, the numbers actually don't totally tell that story, my memory is correct. I haven't looked at it in a while, but I remember last year prepping for the season and being surprised that the Ingles-Gobert pick-and-roll was actually better than the Ingles-Favors pick-and-roll. And when I dug into it, and this is – I have not re-looked at this for 12 months, or now probably 16 months, so give me a little leeway to be slightly off. Part of it was that that combination rarely got the ball out to three-point shooters. Now, one of the big changes in Joe's game last year is that Joe, coming off the pick-and-roll, started passing out to shooters more than he had. And with his length, he should be able to do that. Um, But two years ago, Joe's pick-and-roll had very few – Shots to three-point shooters off the pick-and-roll action, um, and and so it wasn't. It was, you know, pretty fancy between the two of them. But from a team standpoint, it was not always yielding as many oper- uh, shots for points for possession as some other combinations that we had. But Joe got better at that last year, continuing to improve. Um, and at six-seven, he's got the length to make those passes. So I would suspect we begin to see that, or maybe part of it is that you know he's got better shooters around him last year and so those passes were you know more willing to make those passes than he was prior
0: so is what donovan mitchell did in the bubble sustainable i mean he had a 4 month offseason now he's had basically a 2 month offseason so i'm not expecting a lot of improvement and new stuff added to his game if that's there so be it, and everyone rejoice and enjoy it. But I'm not really expecting it, and the way he referred to it, I mean, he almost said my fourth year well, no, I mean the bubble, so he, I think, kind of almost felt like it was an off season. You know kind of a Freudian slip in the way he was speaking there kind of really shows the way he was he was viewing it. So I guess the question isn't did he get better? The question is when you're shooting fifty one percent from the floor and uh, about fifty three percent from the three point arc, Can you sustain that over a season? Is that the new normal for Donovan, or is that two hot weeks off the charts, influenced by lack of travel, no crowds?
1: So I think it has to be the latter, or else he's going to be the greatest offensive player in the history of the game. So you know, no one's ever shot 50-50 as a guard in this league. I I don't think that that's the level he's going to. He is a pretty natural shooter, so I do think that some of those numbers can improve. Uh, And to the point of his slip, Kevin Pelton of ESPN did some interesting research where he actually looked at players trajectory by months of their career rather than by years. Like we make this arbitrary stop at the end of the first, second, third, you know, year, and then talk about their development. And because of the uniqueness of the calendar with the bubble, we didn't have that this for the first time ever. And so he just looked at, you know, suddenly Donovan Mitchell was in his 39th month of his career And it was actually kind of, and Jamal Murray was in his 50th month of his career, and that was actually a little bit of the natural progression that they would be taking at that point. We had just never seen that timing before. So Donovan's correct in the sense that, you know, he was in his fourth year, but really what he was in was in his 39th month or whatever it is. And and so you saw them progress just in a time period which we don't usually see players play, but we they've always just put this arbitrary stop when the season stops. They're continuing to prove mature physically and mentally throughout that process. But no, there's no way Donovan can average 50 50. He said it well, though it's his off the bounce three number, which has improved a little bit. Um, I think he, you know, there are very few shooters in the league that are off the bounce above 36%. If he can get above 36% on his off the bounce, he gets pretty unguardable, but I'll say it again. I, I want him getting more catch and shoot threes somehow. How are we getting Donovan Mitchell, catch-and-shoot threes. He's one of the best in the league at it. It's a higher percentage shot. That, to me, is the shot that has to be added. Now, is that because Mike Conley is getting it to him? Is it because Joe Ingles is getting it to him off the pick-and-roll? I don't know how we're doing it, but that's, that should be a major focus of, of what we're looking to get done is, is give Donovan two or three more catch-and-shoot threes a game. That's a lot. So, you know, it's one a quarter, basically, if, if when he's out there. So, um, but that would be an area where I would have huge focus.
2: If Gobert and Mitchell—or not Mitchell—Gobert and uh, Favors play together, or whatever, just go with that twelve minutes for the sake of discussion. What does that mean for Bogdanovich?
1: Last year, Bogdanovich mirrored all of Rudy's minutes. Um, I think, for defensive purposes, um, and I—I I would think he does the same. Um, but it does mean he's playing some small forward. Is that a a problem? I don't think so. I don't know. He's not a good rebounder, so maybe having him as a power forward offensively is great and defensively is bad. I don't know. Hmm. Uh, I mean, there might be an argument that you want Bob Donovan on the floor with Mike and Donovan so he doesn't have quite the same burden as – with some of the pick-and-roll stuff where his turnover rate was pretty high. On the other, the negative side of that would be, you know, is he going to get open looks if Derek Favors is on the floor and they're not guarding Favors, and so therefore they are hugging Bogdanovich while not guarding Favors because he's suddenly not getting any open looks. Bogdanovich is one of, I think it was about 12 players in the league last year who took over five threes a game and shot over 40%. Um he's got an opportunity to be a Davis Bertan's Duncan Robinson six foot seven, six foot eight guy who's taking eight or nine threes a game. He's able to get him off well guarded. So that you you might you might be able to still get him looks because of his unique ability. Um I'm not sure if that that'll be interesting. I, I you know, I don't we're taking favors comment and how good Derek is and Rudy's minutes and I like our logic. Um you know, it might be less. It might be that Derek's playing 20 minutes a night, and then he's – or, you know, maybe Derek's just coming off the bench and he's not to start the year playing any power forward minutes with Rudy. Um, we'll see. And just playing backup center, I don't I don't know. It's, it is a little tricky.
0: Are you surprised that Favors is back on that number? Because I'm not surprised he's back. Because I think they know there's some things he brings, and he's got obviously a level of comfort being here. But I always thought he was going to get more money, and that usually determines whether a guy returns or not. Why would you come here for this when you could go get 15 million somewhere else? Maybe the market's just so funky right now. He wasn't going to get 15 million. Um,
1: I don't, but that's, I don't think he had. I don't think he had more money from his press conference that he held with us the other day. I deduced he did not have another. He did not have an offer larger than the mid-level. Mm, okay. New Orleans, he said in the co- press conference that New Orleans told him they were going in a different direction, so they must have known they had the Stephen Adams deal done. Um, and then you only had four teams with cap money. Yeah. Atlanta's got Capella and Okongu, and we saw how they were spending. New York didn't spend, so he could have gone to New York um, on some number, probably. Miami wasn't. But has Bam, and they weren't spending it on a center for more than a year. They weren't signing anyone for more than a year. That's why they lost Jay Crowder, and Charlotte used their money on Gordon. Um, so I don't know that that Derek had. From I might be wrong. I haven't talked to his agent, but deducing from what Derek said in his press conference, I don't know that Derek had a bigger offer. And centers other than Mason Plumley didn't get much bigger offers out there. Maybe Mason. Maybe Derek could have taken the Mason Plumley spot.
2: Yeah, I wonder how much of the NBA folk knew that Derek wanted to come back to Utah so there wasn't much interest because why bother if he has his heart set in on returning?
1: Um, he had his heart set on returning. That was clear. Yeah. I don't know yeah. how well the league knew it.
0: Well, David, we will let you go now. Thanks for joining us,
1: and we will talk to you again next week. A pleasure, my friends, and I will talk to you soon.